1976, that was the year that I told my wife to be that I loved her for the very first time. And I was very concerned that she would break my heart because I'd never told anybody on the planet that I loved them. She was the very first person that I said those three words to, I love you. And by the grace of God and by being a wonderful, wonderful partner, she has not broken my heart. So praise God for that, amen. I get a praise to God for that. We're talking today, uh, again, how to win within. And I wanna talk for a few minutes how people can help us win within or how we can help other people win within. But also at the end, we're gonna talk about how people can keep us from winning within. So don't go breaking my heart. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, how many of you will be honest and say, I've lived that verse. I've walked with some people that were wise and boy, they helped me tremendously. But I hung around some people that were fools and it caused me some trouble. I wanna say a word about my very first best friend. His name was David Cheeks. And I had just become a Christian, a new believer for the first time, age of 14. And David was a senior, I was a freshman. And Dave saw potential in me. He saw possibility in me as a new believer. So he became my friend. He started picking me up uh, to take me to church because I didn't have any way to get there. So he would come to my house and pick me up. He began to disciple me and help me grow as a Christian, he began to walk with me as a friend and I was an unpopular, skinny little freshman and Dave kind of took me under his wing and he was a friend, my very first best friend. Dave um, challenged me to grow in my faith. He challenged me to, to go with him and some other friends in the church who would go out and share their testimonies in little small churches in Eastern Kentucky and I began to step out in faith and trust that God maybe had a plan for my life, all because of my very first best friend named Dave. And what really turned my life completely around was following my senior year of high school, Dave challenged me to go down to Myrtle Beach with him. Hey Jeff, I think God's calling us to go to Myrtle Beach to live for the summer. We don't have a job, we don't have anywhere to stay, but I believe God is calling us. Now I can tell you that uh, my uh, dad and my stepmom didn't think he was my best friend. What are you gonna do? I don't know, God's gonna provide. Where are you gonna live? I don't know, God's gonna give us a place to live. And so I put everything that I owned in Dave's car and my 10-speed bicycle on the back and off we went to Myrtle Beach. And let me tell you what, it was the most crazy, eventful, faith-filled summer of my life. And God opened doors that summer and it changed the whole direction of my life. He challenged me to step out. And I will forever be grateful that Dave Cheeks came into my life. It was that summer that I first met Lynn. It's for that reason I'm in South Carolina. It's for that reason I'm the pastor of this church. All because somebody named Dave Cheeks helped me learn to win within. And what a blessing he was in my life. And it is my prayer that you have that kind of person in your life, that God wants you to have people in your life that will help you win within. But also God wants you to be the kind of person 
that will help others win within, that will discover their best and God's best. I wanna read you some scripture this morning where Jesus talks about friendship and it's taken from John 15. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? These are the words of Jesus in John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Father God, I thank you for you coming into my life. Jesus Christ coming into my life to save me, to change me. Father God, I thank you for sending Dave Cheeks into my life that challenged me and chose to be my friend, opened up incredible possibilities for me as a person and as a pastor. Thank you, Father God, for Dave being my friend. And may you bless him right now. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. As we look at these words, Jesus reveals to us the importance of friendship. Now, put into context here, Jesus is the Son of God, fully divine, yet fully human. But Jesus reveals that he wanted to go through life with friends. He wanted to do life with people that would be close to him. And we can learn from Jesus. Now, it's pretty evident if you read the rest of the New Testament or the rest of the Gospels that Jesus didn't choose perfect friends because there are no perfect friends. Can we get that? Amen. Okay, there are no perfect friends. Why is that? Because we're not perfect, right? You're, you're not a perfect friend. I'm not a perfect friend. Now, my wife is perfect in every way. <laughs> so it's Valentine's weekend, right? That's right, you gotta keep, that, keep those cupids going. But... Jesus chose men who were fallible to be his friends. And guess what? He chose you and me to be his friends. Flawed people, fallible people to be his friends. And I think we can learn some things about friendship from Jesus that are very important to help us win within. One is while we can't choose the family we were born into, we can choose the family we become. We can choose our friends, we can choose our spouses. Again, after 42 years of marriage, Lynn and I often talk about that we are each other's best friends. And certainly, I, we, we, are, we are really close friends. We, we talk about everything. I love what C.S. Lewis said about, about lovers and friends. He said, lovers walk through life face to face. Friends walk through life side by side. Big distinction between walking through life face to face and walking through life with friends side by side. See, Lynn and I have navigated 42 years of marriage together, 42 years of ministry get together, walking face to face, sharing with each other about the challenges, the decisions, the struggles, the celebrations. She's been there for me 
every step of the way as my best friend. Don Joy, a seminary professor of mine back uh, at Asbury, I never forgot he said these words. He says, make sure you know who's holding your trampoline in the ups and downs of life. Now imagine that, that, that we all are bouncing on a trampoline and take away the legs and who's holding your trampoline? And let me just say, if you're married here today and your spouse is the only person holding your trampoline, they're getting tired <laughs> and they're getting beaten, they're getting bruised because we need more than just our spouses to be our friends. We, we've gotta have some people we do life with side by side that commit to walking with us. And Lynn and I have been blessed in our ministry together to have so many good friends. Friends that were our friends in Kentucky, friends in Missouri, friends in Conway, people that are still our friends. Friends here in South Carolina, in, in Lexington, just some of the lifelong friends. People that we get to do life with and, and, and walk side by side. People that I call or they call me in the midst of challenges and struggles. People I call to vet out decisions that we've got to make in our life or in our church. I believe that Jesus says we should go through life with friends. I believe he vetted life with his friends. He talked to them about the Father's plans, the Father's purposes. They didn't always get it. They didn't always understand it, but that didn't keep Jesus from talking to him about it. So let me give you some things real quickly uh, that I think Jesus can teach us about friendship. The first one is consistency. Is friends that help us win within are consistent. They are there for us in the good times and the bad times. They're consistent. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, the very last words in Matthew 28, I'll be with you always. Even to the end of the age, I'll be with you. Again, Psalm 23, the psalmist says, the Lord will walk you with you even through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you're gonna be with me. See, Jesus modeled being a friend that is consistent. And there are friends that'll be with us no matter what we go through. And let me just say a word about friendship. Friendship and consistency, there, there are seasons for friendships. There, there are people that when Lynn and I were in Missouri that we were very close to, and now we're not as quite as close to them. They're still our friends, but, but we're not as close to them. Dave Cheeks and I, my very first best friend, we're not quite as close as we were when I was doing ministry and doing life together with Dave. Different directions, different paths, different ministries, different purposes. But all along the way, God has filled those gaps with friends that we've done life with, that have been consistent, people that I could count on. And I wanna be the kind of friend that will be consistent. I wanna be the kind of friend that people can count on that will help people win within. The second thing is friends that are confidants. You see, Jesus confided in his friends. He says in the scripture, he told them everything he had heard from his father, from his father. He didn't hold anything back. And friends that will help us win within will tell us what we need to hear. They will speak truth to us. They will tell us some things that are hard for us to receive because they're true friends. And we need some friends that can speak truth and we've got to get over being defensive with our friends. You know, just let, let friends speak truth into you. Jesus spoke truth into to these disciples. Now there were some times that Jesus spoke to these friends and said, now don't tell anybody about this yet. 
The time has not yet come for everyone to know what's going to happen. And so Jesus expected his friends to be confidential. And we'll talk more about how that can derail a friendship in a little bit. But friends that are consistent and friends that are confidential are very important. And then friends that will challenge us. See, one of the reasons that Dave was my very best first friend was he challenged me. He challenged me to grow as a young believer in Jesus. He challenged me to go out and do ministry. He challenged me to take a total different direction in my life. He challenged me. I love what it says again in John 15. He said, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. I I appointed you. I challenged you to go and change the world. He challenged them to go and share his message, to pass on his words. Now, here's very important. I want you to hear this. Jesus said, I want you to teach them everything that I've taught you. And when, when the Holy Spirit comes, he said in another passage here in John, he'll reveal all truth to you. Now, hear this. Jesus didn't tell them to change his words. He said, I want you to share my words. And it's very important to be a friend who doesn't change the words that our friends get us. That won't help us win within. When somebody tells us the truth, we don't need to admonish it. We don't need to embellish it. We don't need to do all that. We need to speak the truth. And don't twist the words. Don't change the words. Speak the truth. That's what friends do. We don't change the the narrative to fit our narrative. We don't change the word to fit our agenda. So friends that are consistent, confident, confidants and, and, and challenges. Also, I wanna say a word about crisis. Friends that go through crisis with us, because that's so important. One of the ways we win within is when we find ourselves in crisis and friends are with us. I wanna to read to you from Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with him to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and and Jesus became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here, stay here and keep watch with me. That's what friends do that help us win with them. They stay, they sit with us, they pray with us, they pray for us. And you and I need friends in our lives that will sit with us, that will stay with us, that will pray with us. And we need to be the kind of friend that will sit with people and stay with people and pray with people because we're all gonna go through those times of anguish and grief. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to his disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You see, Jesus invites his friends into his greatest hour of need. He wanted his friends there. Now, don't don't miss that lesson. Don't go through your pain alone. Don't isolate yourself in your pain, in your anguish, in your grief. 
Jesus wanted friends to be with him. You need friends to go with you in the hours of your greatest anguish. But in the end, his friends failed him. In the end, his friends slept when they should have been praying. And what can we learn from Jesus about that? Is he went to the one friend that will never fail. And that is the Holy Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God came upon Jesus and, and ministered to him in ways that his friends could not. And there's gonna be some times in your life that the Holy Spirit of God is gonna come into your presence and come into your heart and carry you through a difficult time. So don't, don't forget that your closest friend is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And it is the spirit of, the, of God that came over Jesus as he sweated, anguished over going to the cross. It was the spirit of God that nourished him. Now, Jesus' friends failed him in his greatest hour of need. But hear this. Jesus didn't let his faithless friends cause him to fail. He pushed on for his purpose. So let me just challenge us here. This is a hard teaching right here. Don't let your friend's failure cause you to lose your faith. Don't blame your friends if they fall asleep and you say, well, if that's what a friend is, I'm not gonna follow Jesus anymore. Jesus didn't do that. He, he continued on. He pressed on because my friends, we will fail each other because we're fallible. We will drop the ball. We will forget to make the call. But don't use that as an excuse to walk away from your faith. God is with you even when nobody else is there. He'll tear you through those seasons of difficulty. So having friends produces some consequences. It's challenging to have friends because sometimes they will let us down, but other times they will carry us and get us through some times. So I wanna invite out a good friend, uh, Steve Arneson, who's a professional counselor, Christian counselor. We've been friends for 18 years, partners in ministry, and we're gonna do the, I'm gonna talk about good friends, he's gonna talk about bad friends. Get over Ruth, it's good cop, bad cop. Good here, cop, right? bad cop, right? I'm bad cop, I always so, get the big bad cop. So you're gonna talk about you know, the challenges, because. People can help us win with them, but people can also keep us from winning with them. Absolutely. Jeff's been discussing on how people do help us win with them, and I'm going to be talking about the ones that keep us. We call those toxic people, and you know toxic people, and I hope you're not a toxic person, but strap in. We're going to do a little group therapy here, so uh, stay awake. Take your notebook out. Take your pen and paper, because you'll want to take some notes. And, and somebody told me that this was so good that what you said, that they saved $100 in a counseling session. So anyway, That's right. Say. <laughs> Where do I get that? I don't know. <laughs> Every day, I counsel people and deal with broken hearts. People who have depression, anxiety, fear, hopelessness, as I help them unpack their lives, I, I find a common denominator in, denominator in most people, and it's that they have somewhat toxic people, somewhat toxic people in their friend group or in their family group. When I say somewhat, I'm being very kind. Now, these people don't necessarily help set up individuals for success, but they actually tear them down and they give them more burdens and they carry too many burdens with them. The remedy for all of this is simply not to recognize the burdens. Understand that. The remedy is not just to recognize the load you're carrying. The remedy 
more importantly, is how to receive them or not and stop taking them again, okay? Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. Anybody got trouble? Yeah, this is group therapy, y'all. So here are some ways that toxic people keep us from winning within. First way is crushed. When friends break your heart. Now, I'm just gonna jump out there and say, um, some of you may or may not know this term that I'm gonna use. Some of you are gonna laugh at it, but... Have you ever been ghosted? Ghosted. You gotta explain that to me because I didn't know what that meant. Because <laughs> we're old geezers That's and we don't, except for I counsel, I know that. Ghosting is something that happens in, 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 in a younger generation today. Um, they have what's called dating and then they have what's called talking. And pre-talking, they're texting back and forth. And when somebody's texting you and going back and forth for a couple days in a row, and then all of a sudden, drops you and gives you the silent treatment, that's called ghosting. So okay. it's kind of like when I text people and, and the little bubbles come up but they never say anything, right? That's it, that's <laughs> ghosting, that's ghosting. So my question is, is have you ever been ghosted? Okay, because that'll crush your heart. Have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever lost trust in somebody or had somebody lose trust? Have you ever had somebody that you trusted that you lost that trust? Have you ever been emotionally abused or lost confidence in somebody? Have you ever been bitter, resentful, angry, or hurt by somebody? Yeah, we're getting real today, okay? We're going, we're going right, for, right for the issue. How did it happen? How did that happen that your hurt was so great? It happened because someone took advantage of a relationship with you and they disrespected you. They broke your trust and crushed your heart. You allowed them to come into your inner circle. Remember, an enemy can never betray you because you don't expect an enemy to be trustworthy. Only somebody in your inner circle can betray you. So we'll look at a, a verse, Proverbs 4.23. Trevor uh, shared it a couple of weeks ago, and I just wanna unpack it a little bit more because it is a mammoth verse that God has given us. And it says, guard your heart, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. There's nothing greater than guarding your heart. So I want you to do a little group therapy with me. Everybody put your hands up like this and turn them in just a little, turn them in just a little. These are your guards, okay? You have a heart where streams of stuff come in all the time, okay? Good stuff and toxic stuff. When the Bible says guard your heart, do this. You're just now protecting your heart. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. It's a wellspring of life. Your, your heart, you can put your hands down for a second. Your heart is either gonna be drained, running on fumes and running on empty, or it's gonna be a fountain overflowing. And what we want it to do is have a fountain so that when somebody educates us, they're toxic with us, we gotta guard our heart. And what does that do? Two things. One, it stops the bleeding so your heart can, can stop healing. It stops the bleeding because it stops the toxic stuff from coming in. You gotta stop that. By the way, I'm gonna be as polite as I can right here. You're allowing for many people that toxic stuff to come in. You're allowing it, okay? You, the Bible says, have to guard your heart and stop the toxic stuff from coming in because when that stops from coming in, your heart now can heal and overflow. That's what you want. 
That's what you wanna do, is be, be able to overflow. So practice guarding your heart. You can still love with a guarded heart. It, it's, it's tough when your children act out and do something wrong, when, 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 when something goes sideways with somebody close to you. you. You can guard your heart. You've been hurt, you've been wounded, and you can still love, because that love is actually agape love. It's the unconditional love. It's not the warm, fuzzy, eros love. So that's, so it's, that's where we go back to choices. We, we have, you know, guarding the heart is the choices that we make. Absolutely. And, and, and again, the importance of discernment in choosing friends that would not be toxic. Right, and if somebody educates you that they are pouring toxic junk, junk, junk into you, you have to do something about it. The Bible says guard it. Guard it, which means to step away. Now, we talked about, I talked about, about the importance of confidants, people that, that we have, can be uh, confident with and, and pour into, but there's an opposite side of that too, right? Right, the opposite of confidants is, is conspirator. Conspirator is one who schemes or plans harm against you. Yes, we do have people that are not very kind and they dump toxic stuff into you. Um, Judas had one, Judas of the Bible, Judas Iscariot. Uh, not only was he a garter of the money, and he took some of the money for himself, but he also betrayed Jesus. We know that. He was a conspirator. He was in the inner circle. So what we've got to understand is that what, what divides our inner circle from our outer circle, outer circle is what's called boundaries. We are responsible for boundaries. So the inner circle are the people that you allow in. The outer circle are those toxic people. And you've got to be setting those boundary lines. Now, I, 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 hate, I shouldn't have to say this, but Satan needs to be in the outer circle. Satan needs to be the outer circle. And many of us are taking Satan and his temptations and, and sins and the darkness and allowing it in our inner circle. So we're trying to keep a secret, a dark secret in our inner circle, and we are becoming corrupt and toxic because of it. So we have to evict Satan from that inner circle. It's our job to do it. And sometimes the evil one is certainly using people, right? Amen. Working in people to... to uh, and so we, we have this tendency in this world today to flirt, uh, Valentine's word, yeah. to flirt with danger and flirt with trouble. Because one, maybe we think spiritually we can fix that person. Right. Oh, or, that happens. Or, or B, we just don't care. And, right. and, and we don't use good discernment. Yeah, the word flirt is what the Bible would call temptation often. So we're tempted to go there. We often jump into something that we shouldn't even jump into. So the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 11, put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies, schemes, and plans of the devil. So we must extract him out. That's huge. So so key word there is strategies is that, you know, John 10 talks about that there is one who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And can, if, if, if the evil one can get into your inner circle, right. then you're not going to win with them. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So the next one we're going to look at is chase. Chasing is when we run after something. Uh, unfortunately, we chase friends for the wrong reason. We can be tacti- uh, attracted to a person's image, personality, or popularity. When we do this, we often exchange integrity for someone who just will make us look better, okay? These people are cool, so I'm gonna go hang out with them, okay? They're of bad character, but we're chasing them because we wanna look better, pretty horrible. Um, many times, um, many people I counsel uh, on a, a, other are positive in traits, 
And, and uh, the huge part of the traits that those people have, it'll, it'll knock us down. One of the things is when we get into relationships, one of the traits that people have that we tend to be attracted to is they're funny. So when we meet a new person, they're funny and we, they start joking with us and they laugh at us and, and then they start joking at us, which becomes sarcasm, and then they start becoming a toxic dump to us, which then corrupts us. So our problem is, is that jokes are often turning into sarcasm and we're allowing that sarcasm in our life. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians 4.29, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful in building others up that those who listen may benefit. Let's go back. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. If you're dealing with a person, well, let's define unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk is um, negative, it's sarcastic, it's cussing, it's abusive, it's, it's uh, emotionally abusive. It is something that tears us down rather than lifts us up. So if you've befriended a person who is dumping unwholesome talk on you, you've gotta guard your heart. You've gotta set a boundary. It's up to you. Um, moving into the next one, we'll get into um, choosing, choose. This is who we decide to walk with. This is who we decide to walk with. We need to carefully consider friends whom will not gossip, but will keep our confidentiality. People, when you give them something that you cherish with your heart, will often gossip and take that out and break your confidence. So we have to be extremely careful who we allow that information to go to. Toxic people don't help us win within. It's because it's not about us, it's about them. So let me say it another way. They lack true compassion and would rather make themselves look good at your expense. Jesus told us, uh, encouraged us in Matthew 6, um, and he said this, do not waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. What does that mean? That's just the wildest thing in the world. It says that if you have a treasure, pearls, if you have something you treasure and you give it to somebody who's not logical and rational, who won't receive it well, the first thing they're going to do is stomp on it and crush it. The very first thing they're gonna do is stomp on it and crush it. And then the next thing they're gonna do is they're gonna come back and attack you, okay? It would be like if somebody came up to you and said, hey, can you critique me about something that I've done? And I go, sure, I think you really messed up on this part. And all of a sudden, that person's attacking me because we didn't have the right relationship, we didn't have the right inner circle parts, and I was trying to bestow treasure upon that person, and they came out with fists and cuffs and trying to take me down. So they'll attack you. Moving on, we'll go to character. Jesus tells us that character is greater than companionship. Now get that down. Character is greater than companionship. He says in John 7, 24, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. Let me say that again. It says, he said, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. What he's talking about is, it's not about mere appearance of somebody. Don't judge a person on mere appearance. When you're judging correctly, you judge about the character of that person. People are gonna educate you who they are. If they educate you, they have integrity and are, are upstanding and, and, and of good character, 
Walk with them. And that's it, where, where discernment comes in, right? The, the lots of discernment, it. where we ask yeah. God to guide us. That's right. Know, and, we, and we look for character, not companionship. So. And people will let you down yeah. constantly. People will let you down. So you've got to be careful about when that person comes to you that you are judging correctly. Is it something that's minor that you can get together on and everything's okay? Or is it something that's gone out like wildfire and gossip that is just horrible and going downhill? We're so quick to settle from what we really desire because we fall prey to flattering lips. Isn't that amazing? We like people saying flattering things to us. We're all guilty of that. It kind of puffs us up on occasion. It's called pridefulness. The problem is, is when we choose those peoples for companion, we're not looking at their character. We need to look at the character of others. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15:33, talks about character. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. Let me say it again. Bad company corrupts good character. If you're trying to get into a group of individuals who are not to your standard, but you're trying to elevate them, the Bible says that bad company can corrupt, corrupt good character. So you need to be careful when you're going into that territory. You need to be extremely on guard as you're entering there. Now, so that would be what the Bible talks about, being unequally yoked. Amen. And, and, and not being equally yoked with the same values and beliefs. Right. Now, we talk about friendship here, and we want to clear, uh, make this a clear de delineation or distinction, mm -hmm. is that when we cut ties with people that are toxic, we're not talking about the same thing in marriage. Marriage is a little right. different. When this is a, not a marriage talk, it's a friendship. So marriage, you're going to go get counseling, go get some help on, you your, wanna, on your marriage. You want an unbiased third party. Because right. I'm going to have my buddies that are telling me what's right. Usually it's what I've told them. And my spouse is probably going to have her girlfriends telling her what's right. Usually that coincides with what she says. So in, in, when you're looking for one in marriage, you find an unbiased third party. Which doesn't mean that if we were having friendship problems, we don't talk to a counselor about it. But, but, right. but just know the difference between how I'd respond. You know, sometimes you just got to cut ties with a friend well, I got to work on making my marriage better. Yeah, and, 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 and what you were saying is when you have a season with those who walk with you in life, sometimes it's a short season. It might be a day. You might meet somebody for a day and never see them again. Sometimes right. it's a week, month, year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. If you have somebody who's toxic in your life, no matter what season, I'm not talking about marriage, but whatever, what season it is, if God is educating you they are tearing you down. It's time to divide and conquer. Yeah. It's time to speak the truth in love and say, we're not on the same path. We're not, we don't have the same goals and same desires. It's time to divide, speaking the truth in love and saying, that's just not going to work for me. So there are times we're going to have to cut ties with mm -hmm. people who are toxic. Uh, we're going to need to, you know, remove ourselves from the situation. Now, again, there's a difference sometimes between as we're going to try to minister to people, try to help people, you know, right. but we may keep them at an arm's length because we're, we're just, we're trying to bring them along into faith. I mean, there are people that we have relationships that doesn't mean they're our, become our friends. Right. Uh, there, are, there are people that are coworkers or people that we're trying just to maybe just make an impact on their life with Christ. Now, also I think it's important as we talk about the negative side, also it's very important, and I hope you'll be challenged to leave here today and do this, is to go out and thank the people that have helped you win within. 
You know, give them a phone call. Give them a text. They go, thank you for being a person that's helped me win within. But also look in the mirror and go, what do I need to start doing to help people, my friends, win? I don't want to be a person that's bringing my friends down. I want to be the kind of friend that lifts them up and encourages them. So You make a great point because they've encouraged us. We often take them for granted. That's right. So to give back and encourage them is just a huge boost. So you had a situation where somebody you thought uh, needed some help. but Absolutely. That's a great story. <laughs> sure, sure. It was, a, it was a Wednesday night walking into church. It wasn't here. And it was dinner. It was time for dinner. So I walked into church and got my plate full, looked at in the room and saw lots of tables with lots of people at them. And there was one gentleman in the back side who was sitting by himself about my age. And I'm, I've never met a stranger. So I went, that's the person I'm sitting with. Walked all the way back to the, to the table and I said, hey, do you mind if I sit down with you? And he said, sure, have a seat. And I sat down and I said, hey, how you doing? You know, striking up conversation, how you doing? And he goes, not good, pretty, pretty, and pretty much despaired. I went, really? I said, well, tell me about it. He said, mm, thanks. He said, but it's a long history and I've had a lot of hard roads and bumps and bruises along the way. And many people have tried to come alongside and help me. He said, but um, I've just got some deep depression, anxiety, really hard stuff issues. And, and, and you know, I really appreciate, he, he told me, he said, I really appreciate you asking. He said, but I gotta be honest with you. I, I really need professional help. I need a professional counselor. And I went, really? <laughs> I'm looking for the cameras. Yeah. I'm going like, is this a joke? Am I being punked? Well, like, what is going on here? And I said, this is your day. I'm a professional counselor and I got time. How can I help you? He stopped right there and looked at me, dropped his jaw. He wasn't finished eating, but he put his fork down, got up and walked out and he left the church. I was ghosted. I couldn't believe it. Right then and there, I was ghosted. He left me. You know, the reality is, is that Jesus Christ made the first choice to enter this world and to love us and to die for us and, and to be our friends. And we can get up and walk out of here and ignore that. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your confidant. He wants to be somebody you can bring everything to. And I've found that when I gave my life to Jesus, he brought the right people into my life. He pointed me to the right people that helped me win with him. So don't walk out of here today without reaching out to Jesus Christ. He came to be your friend. We sing an old hymn called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I can take everything to him. And there are people that he will bring into your life that'll make you better than you are. I wanna pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you that you have made a way. And Lord, give us discernment and wisdom to know who those people are that are toxic. People that we need to cut ties with. People that we're bringing down. And Father, forgive us if we've been the kind of person that has been toxic, that have caused harm to other people. Help us to confess that and be made right with you and go and make it right with that person. But Father, I pray for that person here today that needs a friend. 
that needs Jesus Christ. And that if we confess our sins to him, that he will forgive us. He will come into our lives. That Jesus will change our lives and give us peace. Lord, thank you for what you've done here today. And may we follow you as we listen to the words of this song. May this song speak your love to us. May we receive it today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you give me a hand? He's already walked off stage. Would you give me a hand for Steve Arnes to be in here? Thank you.